Hey, what's up? It's Nick, and we're back. Super excited. James and I hopped back into the studio, and I don't know, we just felt like recording another pod. So I'm sure you all will love it. I know, I think it's been like almost two years, uh, and we just catch up, catch up about life, catch up about design, kind of what we've been up to. I think this is going to be a more regular thing, so it's fun uh, to be back. Uh, you'll have to bear with us. We're still kind of dialing in audio and video quality, so I'm not entirely sure how it's going to pan out, but um, should be good. Also, big thank you to our sponsor for this episode, Gravity Sketch. You all know I love Gravity Sketch. I use it all the time in my design process. And Gravity Sketch is a company that based out of London that is focused on creating tools for designers. Um, their big tool right now is uh, virtual reality sketching software. Uh, or 3D modeling software. And, you know, I think as designers making 3D things for the physical world, sometimes designing 3D things on a 2D screen with mouse and keyboard just doesn't cut it. So using virtual reality is a game changer. Um, I love Gaia Sketch. I use it for sketching up ideas, uh, 3D modeling ideas. I even print out those ideas a lot um, or render them. And it turns out amazing. And I, you know, once you learn the tool, you can really pump out ideas quickly so much faster than any traditional CAD software uh, we have a link down in the description go and check out their website if you've never seen their software uh, it's amazing stuff and you know if you do know about their software still check it out it gives us a, uh, a good uh, referral so they also have a conference coming up called the round conference November 9th through the 11th make sure you're following them on Instagram because that's where they'll post updates about that also, I guess, you know, shout out the usual, like, things. Uh, check us out on the website. We've got our all links to the socials and stuff. We'll probably be, like, redoing a little bit of that, figuring out, like, the new strategy for marketing the podcast and things like that. Um, but, yeah, if you have, like, a, a question, feel free to email that in. Um, and then got to thank Kiyoshi the Kid for the sweet intro and outro. All right, let's play it. Welcome to Minor Details. I'm Nick. And I'm James. And we're two designers in the big city. Sweating the small stuff. Oh man, James. <laughs> what happened? We uh, did get, we get to jump in a time machine or something? Yeah, it's a time warp. Let's do it again. It's been a bit. It's been, it has been a bit. Uh, yeah, I don't, I think, we don't have, we have zero excuses, but. <laughs> no, I think people th- still think that I live in LA. Yeah, that's a that's some news. I mean, we got two years of news to catch up on. Yeah, I know. And I don't know how many products have been released since then. There's a lot of cool stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, no, I I I'm back in New York City. You're a New York boy. You've yeah. been back for uh, a good bit too. We were literally in Los Angeles for a, a year. Okay. Basically, and moved back. And that was like we had done a few Skype zoom podcasts yeah i mean we were that was two years ago you know we were detailing out an an entire la office for minor details you know (laughs) with all the money that we made (laughs) off of the first 94 episodes (laughs) or whatever you know we were really expanding it was a very small office but we had cardboard box actually yeah we 
we had to do, you know, uh, with the, uh, the economy, the way it is, I had to come back to New York so we could reduce, uh, to back to one studio. <laughs> no, I mean, um, you know, I, we you, had, you had left, we had left to and just have a little more space to raise the family, more space closer, that, that, to, closer that, to family. Yeah. And that time you were freelancing. Yeah. And, but the, the intent was to like get to LA, start networking and find a place to go full time. Um, and a month later, this thing, have you heard of COVID-19? Oh, wait, I didn't know you moved before COVID happened. Oh yeah. Okay. It was literally a month before. Right. Uh, and we had just, and like after that first month there, like we finally got our apartment, we were settling in and then we really got familiar with that place. Right. It's like, you were ready to like (laughs) go out and mingle and meet people and network. And then it's like, uh Oh, I mean, the thing is, is, you know, Allison was pregnant at the time. So like there wasn't, there wasn't going to be a lot of mingling anyway, once the baby was born and I took. I took a couple months off work, you know, just to, uh, I mean, those, those first couple of months are, you know, it's tough yeah. and it's not sleeping at all. Yeah. How many hours of sleep you get? It, it was, I mean, it was a lot of like waking throughout the night yeah. and things like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we, yeah, like the job, the job thing got pushed to the side for a while and it was like, okay, we'll see where things are at in a couple months after yeah. we're done. I'm done with this, you know, like I guess my paternity leave from freelance <laughs> and, uh, your boss pay you well. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I would, yeah, I would basically email myself and be like, I need a little bit more time. <laughs> like take your time, James. Uh, but yeah. So eventually, uh, during that time I had been consulting with Peloton first since 2016 right. We had, and, we had done some stuff together. Yeah. I yeah. actually, have we even talked about the thing that launched that we worked on? I don't even know. I don't know. The, the old, the new treadmill. Oh yeah. Cause they have two treadmills now. Right. Um, yeah, they have the, so there is tread and tread plus tread plus actually got is off the market currently because of was that the, one? the safety issues. That was the first one. Yeah. That was the first one. Okay. Um, but the tread, um, which project lead Alex Chatham, Shout out, uh, fellow ID dad. Um, our kids hang out a lot, uh, but uh, he was the lead on that project, and we both worked on it. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forgot that you worked on that as well. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that was my that's my only thing I worked on that I think came out. What did you work on on um, that on the trend? Well, it's kind of funny because I make the joke to to you know Jason as you know he was the the head of design there, and um, all I did was the knob. <laughs> but it is the highest touch point yeah. of the product, right? I mean, um, I... I've spent like two months on that. Tread, <laughs> the first tread I worked on, but the, my only my only um, participation in that was the monitor neck. Right, yeah, yeah. You know? I think I remember you. But I'm like, I'm like on it for the awards and things as yeah, like a, awesome. an, a designer. That's nice of them. And I was like, yeah, that was nice. <laughs> I don't think it I got my, my name digging on, not on, but I just made a few <laughs> little like textures on the knobs. So it felt, it, okay. it definitely felt like they threw me a bone there. Um, but you, well, you also kind of, you did, you did some work on the dumbbells, right? 
you you like uh, yeah i worked on yeah i worked on your dumbbells that you designed <laughs> uh i guess they updated to have kilograms on it now yeah for so, the for the overseas markets you know just small details like for that. those metric markets yeah. um but for, yeah for so i had been i'd been freelancing there for the longest time and obviously we all know like during the pandemic peloton just like exploded exploded mm -hmm. and they were building this amazing team and these amazing facilities. And I was like, what have I done? Like, what have I walked away from that? I like, right. Cause you left New York, you're in LA now. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just, I felt like I really wanted to be a part of like what that team was going to become. Right. And, you know, it's been a kind of a rocky road since then. I, I don't think there's any, you know, mystery, like, you know, people know that Peloton has gone through some ups and downs since yeah. there's been some rounds of layoffs and yeah. we've lost a lot of like amazing team members. Cause yeah, there were layoffs that happened, cut like half of the ID team, which was at one point like 30 people, but it was all like project based, not personnel based. So mm. like a lot of those people, like some of the most talented designers I've ever worked with, but um, they were fortunate. I think most of them are now, you know, like the job market that they got laid off in was like one of the hottest like ID job markets I've ever seen. Oh, they got snatched up quick. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was really tough. Yeah, we we lost our design director too. It was just like, yeah, I mean, not not the best time, but. Um, but now it feels like feels like things are getting getting yeah. back on track, and we still have an amazing design team there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I love I love the scale of that stuff, like the working on that scale. Right, it's like the biggest. It's one of the biggest objects you can design without getting into like architecture or, or interiors car, or car or cars, design. Yeah, because like I mean, the the story always is with car design is like you got a better chance of being an NBA player <laughs> right. than being yeah, a car yeah. designer. And so it feels like, it feels like sneaking in like the back door to, to basically do something of an, like the slightly smaller scale. Right. Um, but what I really love about it is like, you know, cars, I, I, I mean, my knowledge of car design is so limited, but uh, like when you were talking about cars, like there's often so much aesthetic cladding that goes onto cars onto a substructure. And what I love about a lot of the Peloton equipment is like, there's not, there's not always a ton of cladding. There's like the structure is the sculpture. Mm. So like, I, I really love that part of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so back in Brooklyn, um, I've got a two-year-old now, which is totally wild. Yeah, and, that's a whole other she's set of challenges. Right? Table twos, they say. Yeah, it's it's a. I mean, I've I've explained to people that being a parent is like having every single emotion all the time. Like, <laughs> it's just it's a wild ride, but it's uh, it's so worth it and so rewarding. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What I'll, I'll say, I do want to ask one thing is like, how do you feel? What are your thoughts on LA versus New York as cities, as Ooh. ID uh, centers? I mean, maybe you can break both those down. I yeah. Mean, it feels like there's, 
it, my guess is that there's more opportunity in New York for ID, but I can't say that for certain. I don't know if that's the case. It's hard. It's hard to say because I really didn't get as immersed into the LA scene as right. I wanted to. It's just bad timing, too. I guess it was bad timing. I I guess I was moving out to LA. I was mostly nervous about like the lifestyle change. Right. It's totally different for sure. I mean, had to get a car. I guess. Yeah, I got a car. <laughs> I mean the, yeah. I mean the thing about LA is like, there's this idea that like, obviously in New York, we have this. I would say luxury of being able to walk out your door right. and like walk anywhere, anywhere, go like, just go down the block and you'll be at like grocery store. Right. You'll be at a coffee shop. You'll be at a restaurant, like easy peasy. Right. Uh, LA, I had this idea that like, Oh God, we got to get in the car to do anything. Right. But actually where we ended up, the neighborhood that we ended up with in, which is Mar Vista, like we, um, we had like a coffee shop at the end of our block. We had restaurants in walking distance. So it actually like wasn't as much of a change as I was anticipating. I think it depends on where you're living in LA, but um, yeah, it's just totally different. I mean, this, this might be a, I don't know. We might get a lot of LA hate here, <laughs> okay. but like, I feel like I don't think it's any secret that New York is like a cultural hub. Right like an artistic um, yeah. and like, you know, ethnically diverse cultural hub. Yeah. You get, you just get so, there's so much that's. It's a melting pot. Yeah. There's so much melting in this pot and, <laughs> and, and it's so inspiring. Yeah. And LA is just like, it's just different. More I like mean, obviously pockets. there's the entertainment industry there, which right. is its own Hollywood. like culture, but. You got to see the Hollywood sign. I did see the Hollywood. Side. I've never, so I've never, well, I've been to LA once for, for a day trip oh, for a meeting to, yeah. to meet Jackson galaxy, the cat daddy <laughs> <laughs> way back when I was at pet. Oh Mate. man. Um, My cat we, from hell. Yeah. We flew in. I met with him at a hotel and, yeah. and then we drove back to the airport. Didn't get to see anything <laughs> except for the airport. <laughs> LAX is pretty, is a pretty nice yeah, airport. It's got that little arch thing. Yeah. U UFO thing. Yeah, um, but L.A., I will say, like, what L.A. has to offer, or at least, like, had to offer us that was so different from New York was just, like, the diversity of landscape and, yeah, and just, like, nice the outdoors. Thing. It's crazy in L.A. how you can just, like, you can get in your car and drive, like, 30 minutes in, in any direction and be in totally different landscapes. Like we just kind of were like, hey, let's go out for a little joyride, right. and we ended up in the mountains, yeah. like in twenty minutes. Yeah. And I was just like, this is incredible. Yeah, you know, and of course there's the beach and the desert. Um, that's that's the amazing thing about California. It's like every they have the the best nature, you know. Yes. Uh, so that that, but I didn't I didn't really get Im immersed enough in the culture to know. But like, I remember. Uh, going out to like coffee with uh, Mr. Andrew Brace uh, a while ago. This right. was right before we moved. This is, is this the Brace the makes that you did the, the prototyping yeah, series with? Good little series. Yeah. And I was talking to him about moving out to LA and he had similar plans. And there was a woman behind us who had just moved back from LA. Oh, wait, this and is in New York. This is in New York. Okay. And she was like, it's great. Like she had kids, like okay. great for kids. But like in terms of 
like the the sort of like scene there right. and like the inspiration and everything. It's just like it's just not the same. Like I think what she described was like go if you have like an idea in mind of like a thing you want to do, yeah, and you can do it in L.A. Then that's great. But like it just doesn't have the same like. Uh, it just ha- doesn't have the same scene as New York. It doesn't have the same like energy. Yeah, I, it doesn't have the same like yeah energy. I mean, New York does have that does have that energy. Yeah, and everyone feels it when they visit. Yeah, and everyone gets you know falls in love with it. Yeah, um, uh, except when the winter comes. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. summer, spring, summer, fall, you're like this yeah, is the greatest perfect. place ever. But anyway, that's a long story. We are back. Um, for now, I don't know. For now, I mean, also, yeah, I guess we, oh, we just wanted to do a podcast. Yeah, just felt like it. I don't know if this will be a continuing thing. I mean, you probably, I don't know if you want to talk about like plans for your future. What are you thinking about? Uh, um, yeah, I know I you've mean, like thrown around ideas to me. Just right. I, I mean, I, I missed doing the podcast, and so like, I, I had been very much like, let's get this back yeah. up and running. Um, and I was a whole you were a little bit. hesitant. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have, I have some, I was busy doing other things too. Yeah. But. Well, and we should catch up on that. Okay. Well, well, I mean, yeah, we can do that. Um, let's see where, where were you two years ago? I on, was on the brink of the NFT yeah. revolution. Yeah, I did. I did fall down that rabbit hole and that's where I went for a good solid year. Uh, plus, um, and you know, that whole topic needs its own episode, I think. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's much bigger than NFTs. It's Web3 in general, just blockchain. It's the new technology, right? It's the new, it's our internet moment. It's our, you know, 1970s, you know, homebrew computer club moment. Um, if that's how it feels like to me. Yeah. Um, and so it's like such an interesting and innovative space. It's always changing. And I don't know, I just got sucked in. Yeah. I feel like the thing is, is like, you can, there's a lot of people that see the rabbit hole and they look down it and then some people get pushed down it, you know, <laughs> and once you're at the bottom, it's completely different. You know, I guess that's, it's, you know, I, I remember getting into crypto or just buying a little bit back in like 2017 when it was going crazy then. Um, but I didn't really understand it. Yeah. And that's the main thing that I fell down this time. I was like, Oh wait, there's actually like a core technology, a core invention here. Yeah. Um, and I could keep rambling, but you know, then, I, then we would be like two hours in and we haven't <laughs> talked about whatever other stuff. Um, so we'll say, we'll save some of that for another podcast, but, um, uh-huh. yeah, I, you know, obviously did some NFT stuff, uh, and, you know, continue to do some design stuff, um, consulting work. And, you know, I think all, all that combined, really pushed me to my limit. Like mm. I like, I, I pulled an all nighter one time, like, and that, you know, you're not supposed that to do that. doesn't really happen. <laughs> right? You know, like when, when you're done with school, right, right? That only happens in school. Um, and so I was like, this is a lot to take in. Um, and you know, I, I was successful and, you know, you know, had saved up and I was like, you know, it's time for me to take a, a vacation. Yeah. Um, and I haven't really taken a vacation since I came to New York. Um, it, you know, I'm coming up on my fifth year in New York. It'll be five years in, you know, November, November 1st. And 
yeah, for five years, you know, I, had, I would visit family and I would like, you know, work a little bit, um, you know, just doing freelance stuff and, or maybe take, you know, one or two days off, but I never like took time to myself to really like not think about this. I mean, I'm always thinking about design, right? Sure. Um, and so I was like, you know, I, I need to like disconnect. I just need to try it and see what happens. Like just completely stop designing for, you know, as, as long as I, I could handle. Um, and you know, I, I guess I still wanted to design a little bit or still wanted to be in the culture. So I did like plan a trip to Milan for design week. Um, yeah. I went to design week in, I guess it was 2021 fall cause they had design week this year, spring. So yeah, I went in the fall, which was the first one they had since the pandemic. Is it the first one you've ever been to? No, I'd been to one two years before that. Okay. I think I've never been. Um, yeah, it's a great time. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, Milan's a nice city, very beautiful city. Um, it de- New York, Milan has definitely New York vibes. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess it's a nice city. I wouldn't say beautiful as in, like, nature beautiful. If yeah. you go outside the city, obviously, a lot of Italy is beautiful. But um, it definitely has a little bit more, like, a, a grunge vibe to it, I think. Um, I haven't been to any other cities in Italy, though, yeah. so I can't compare it to, like, Rome or anything. It makes It makes me think that, like... Not that Milan is like, I don't know if it's a creative hub, like for like New York, is it? Mm-hmm. Like, do are people designing there? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I mean, almost it's, it's a big Italian hub. Like, obviously, yeah. you have like Enzo Mari. He was one of one of the big ones there. Right. And he he passed away with COVID. Yeah. Um. You know, two years ago or whatever. I got to see his last. So this is maybe a, a Milan story. Yeah. Uh, September he had his. I, they had his big show on at the museum. I forget what it's called. The Triennial, Triennial Museum or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was amazing. It was, and it, I went the very last day the show was open. Mm. And right before Enzo Mari passed away, he said, I, I want you to show my stuff. And then after you show it, you know, for X amount of days, I want you to put it away in storage for 40 years because this generation doesn't appreciate good designers. Like <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, that's such an old person thing to say. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I just like lucked out and was there the very last day. And now it's stored away for 40 years. Um, wow. And I got to say, I really fell in love with his work. I know, you know, I had done the Yield chair collection, my DIY collection, mm. heavily inspired by Enzo Mari's, um, I can't pronounce it, auto pro you know, his own DIY collection, you know, some Italian word, uh, uh, and oh, no pro Italiano. And, um, yeah. So it was just like really nice to kind of tie that all together. And he was, he was really cool. I mean, it was a, he was a great designer. Um, mm. you know, it's, it's hard to, yeah, I think we think a lot about like the A-list designers. Um, but there's some unsung kind of heroes in the design. Oh yeah. For sure. Some more, minor league players but just as major that's for sure i mean we've always talked about that there are like there are secret ninjas people that you don't know about um i've definitely since coming back to peloton discovered some secret ninjas yeah that just aren't aren't even online and you're like wait you're doing this amazing stuff um but yeah that kind of kicked off my sabbatical i guess i called it a sabbatical i don't even know what 
sabbatical means. People were like, oh, you're a professor? You're taking a sabbatical? I was like, no, I don't know. <laughs> taking a long vacation. I don't know what you call it. Um, you know, I guess we had talked about a Sagmeister takes mm. his like five year sabbaticals, right? Seven years. Yeah. I think it? he's, I mean, I think he's dropped that whole, th- cause he doesn't, he he's doesn't not run the, the studio right. anymore. Walsh. It's just Walsh right. now and Walsh, right. Yeah. yeah. Is the name of the studio. And, and I think he's just like, the last I heard he was completely focused on just like filmmaking or oh, something. Cause he did that, um, that like happy happiness film. Okay. About like, it's like based on this book called The Happiness Hypothesis by Jonathan Haidt. And it's like he explored three different um, techniques of like a, achieving a happier life, which was like, I think it was like meditation, uh, cognitive therapy, and medication. So like in, in each portion of the film, he like explores one of those things. Okay. Um, what was the result? What was the best it's one? It's funny because like in the movie... And he's constantly meeting with Jonathan Haidt uh, throughout it. But, and at the end, Jonathan Haidt's like, in every section, you fell madly in love with some woman. And like, <laughs> and so like, and then it would all kind of like fall apart. Yeah, you go through breakups. Yeah. And so it was just like, it was, you know, the, he never, he never achieved any sort of like sustainable. Interesting. Like, you know, because he, of course, he experiences like these like huge peaks of like yeah. elation and happiness due to like this new relationship, and it was, well, you know, it was uh, it was kind of funny. Because um, that's so there's something for everyone. If you like the roller coaster ride, you know. Yeah, no, it was it was a good film. I saw I saw him, I saw it like he even when he was presenting it. I think I asked I asked a question about like, are you still doing any of these things? I forget what his answer was. But yeah, no, it was, it was a really good film. Um, but yeah, I don't, I think he's just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not really sure exactly what he's up to these days. Yeah. Well, his sabbaticals for a year long. Yeah. And I guess he did do some, he didn't do client work, I think was his rule. He did like just whatever he felt. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like what I did, but, um, did you like, did no, you, I, did, I get, I got sucked in a little bit to some stuff, but I couldn't help it. <laughs> but here, here's what I'll say. So, uh, Milan was great. You met a lot of people. It's always fun to like hang out. And, you know, I wanted to visit a place I haven't been. And I wanted to just kind of, I'm, I'm not a great planner. Mm. Um, so I'm not like one to like plan out a, a trip and like go see a bunch of like touristy things. Yeah. Or even like not touristy things, like trendy things, whatever. Yeah. Um, I would much rather just go to a city and just like hang out and just like walk around. Agreed. <laughs> um, and... I mean, I like to do the, the things. It's just like the mental energy to plan it is like a little much. Yeah. Uh, but I had never been to Copenhagen. And mm. of course, that's a pretty design-centric city. Yeah. They're obviously appreciators of great Danish design. Um, and that was that was awesome because I also got to link Milan Design Week to Copenhagen Design Week. Oh. Copenhagen Design Week is actually three days. Um, it's not a whole week. But uh, that was really cool just to like meet people at the very beginning. So now I had some friends there to like hang out with. Yeah. Um, you know, met a bunch of, the funny thing is, is, uh, I, the funny thing about Denmark is, you know, they're very, they keep to themselves, right? Yeah. You know, they're very kind of like inclusive and, uh, or exclusive and they like, 
they don't really talk to foreigners a lot. Right. And so all my friends were not Danish. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I think I met, uh, you know, I met, met a bunch of Swedish people. Um, oh yeah. Swedes were friendly. Well, the Swedes, cause I've, I've been to Copenhagen similar. I right after school, I went to Europe and I like bounced around from city to city, but I would spend a week in each place, yeah, yeah. like just kind of wandering. And I remember going to Copenhagen, um, and going out and just like meeting a ton of Swedish people because it's cheaper to drink in in Denmark than it is in Sweden. Oh. Even though it's like more expensive to drink in in Copenhagen than it is in like like everywhere else yeah. in Europe. Oh, that is that was like surprising to me, like how expensive it was there. Oh yeah. Um like I think I went and I got just like like a kind of a fast casual like place where you can get like, you know chicken tenders or fries or something yeah and uh yeah i was just like grabbing a bite for lunch and it was like i think it was almost 30 dollars for yeah. like chicken tenders and fries i was like <laughs> dear lord like i actually was you know cooking a bit and, you know in, in new york i'll go out and i'll just like get a sandwich did you bodega, stay at like a hostel or did you stay at like an airbnb yeah i just got some like longer term airbnbs nice um which is really nice i mean there's you know the thing is is like they appreciate design so like all the Airbnbs are just like beautiful homes with like mm. beautiful furniture, like right. or you know like Eames and like you know the real stuff. Yeah, um, and yeah, I know it's 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 a unique place. I didn't think it would be as different as I expected. Mm. You know, I thought it was like oh, it's a European city, like you know, it's still kind of like a Western country, um, but it's like cult- culturally surprisingly different yeah. than I expected. Um, I mean, I could tell a story. You want to hear a story? I would love to hear your story, (laughs) Nick. Um, So, you know, I met a few people and uh, I went on a, I was going to go on a date with this girl. Mm. Just like, you know, meet, meet someone and, you know, get to know them. And, um, you know, I, I messaged her on the dating app and I was like, yeah, let's, you know, meet up, walk around the city. You know, I'm, I'm just here visiting. Just want to like get to know the place. Maybe you can take me to a cool, you know, restaurant or a park or something. Um, and, you know, she was like, yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, you know, maybe we can meet, you know, 8 p.m. and walk around. I'm like, sure, sure. And I was thinking, like, this was in, uh, I think it was October or September. And so, you know, it was dark at 8 p.m. Mm. And Copenhagen is really interesting because they're, they also do, they're also pretty diligent about, like, light pollution. Mm. It's very dark hmm. in, in the city. Um and in in the parks, they have no street lights, no no lights in the park. And I was like, I think I had offered to like walk around in the park. And then she was like, let's do it at eight p.m. And I was like, okay, uh, you know, like sure, you know, yeah. maybe we'll like walk around and then, you know go to like get a drink or something. Uh, but uh, I go to the park and I'm like standing there and it's pitch black. And I don't know this person. And like, I'm like, this is kind of weird. And she messaged me. She's like, all right, I'm in, I'm in the park. I'm behind a shed. And (laughs) and I'm like, red flag, red flag. What's going on? You know, I'm in a foreign place. I don't know any, know any better. Um, And so I, I I messaged her back. I'm like, I, you know, can you come out to the street (laughs) where the light is? It was pitch black. I could, I didn't even think the moon was out. I think it was like, yeah. Um, she quickly stashed her <laughs> hockey mask and yeah, exactly. chef's knife. Um, and yeah, she came out, she, she was walking her dog. So that's why she was like, you know, walking around the park. Um, and yeah, we, 
you know, she was like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I do this all the time. I was like, you walk, the, you walk around the park at night? I was like, That's, you would never do that in New York. No. Um, and we did. We, we, we went. We took a little stroll around the park, you know, just chatting. Um, and the funny thing is, is, like, I couldn't even see her face because it was a pitch black. <laughs> <laughs> I only got to, like, see her when, you know, we walked out into the light. Um, yeah. Which she was a nice person. I didn't, I didn't get to see her again after that. Uh, but... She vanished into the park. Yeah, exactly. Went back into the darkness. Figment of your imagination. (laughs) Maybe. She was like, you only adopted the doc. I was born in it, molded by it. Um, So, yeah, I think that's a very, like, stark cultural difference. Yeah. You know, it's just a very trustworthy society. Um, Yeah. You know, like, people don't really... I mean, you do kind of lock your bike there, but you don't, like, lock it like you do in New York, where you, like, lock it, you lock the wheel, you lock everything together. Isn't there, like, stories, though, in, not in Denmark, but in, like, Amsterdam of them having to, like, dredge up bikes from from the the canals? (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know, but that's cool. Did I tell you that I've started... I, I mean, you know that I've started like biking yeah, around the city. city bike I'm now. a bike boy now. City bike boy. I never, I used to like, I used to be like, I will never ride a bike around the city. Like I know somebody who got like car doored, like yeah. totally broke their jaw. I and mean, this is, this is my, this is my take on it. Yeah. This is why I really ever bike. I'll take a city bike like every once in a while if there's a group of friends yeah. that are all doing it, but I don't do it. But they they have these e bikes like the like the power pedal bikes yeah, came out with the new version. The new version is crazy. Yeah, it I fast. it's like it's like a motorcycle. I think, I mean, Get I don't know. If, miles I hour. don't know if this is yeah, fifteen like fifteen miles an hour. I said fifty, but I'm I joking. well no 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 I I don't know. It probably gets if, up to twenty. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but it it goes really fast. And I will say like, I it's the closest I'll ever be to like to like a fighter pilot in terms of like <laughs> in terms your, of the amount of you do wear a helmet which is I good. do wear a helmet got your helmet on although I feel like you know I should wear like a full got your mask on like yeah. a full helmet oxygen mask <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah I it's it's kind of it's like a really fun way of getting to work to be honest get your blood pumping in the morning but like but the but the funny thing is like Sometimes the e-bikes are really hard to come by. Yeah, because everyone and you'll wants have them. to you'll have to take like a regular bike to another bike station to get on an e-bike. And sometimes I get one of the old e-bikes, yeah. one of the on the, one of the blue bikes, and then I'm like constantly like keeping my eye out for other docks to see Switching. if they have the gray bike. And I will like swiftly like switch bikes. Do you have to pay more when you switch like that? Uh, I think they are a little bit more expensive, but. It, yeah, but you have a membership. So the member, cheap. but yeah, but it's only a reduced price. I don't, I don't understand. Maybe, maybe I'm dumb, but I don't understand why there's not just like a membership price to cover everything. Yeah. Well, I think there is if you are part of, like, there's like secret a, city society. Yeah, is that it? What's it if called? I have keys to the city? Yeah. There's something. C I T I. Wait, you, are you referring to something? Are you making? No, this I'm making. I'm okay. joking. There is something like this where like. You can be a. I have to be be presented the keys to the city by Eric Adams. Yeah, and then I can ride unlimited gray bikes. Yeah, and you get it's gold, or juiced something. up gray bikes. <laughs> uh, no, it's funny. I was at a bike dock because often you'll find these gray bikes, and they're the batteries are completely dead. Right. But I I like came up on one, and there was this guy who pulled up in like an unmarked van and started putting in new batteries into yeah, and I just battery was like, guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's juiced up. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so much fun, and it's it's like I don't know. It's more it's more fun than like 
sitting on the subway. Yeah. Um, I know it's fun for sure. I mean, yeah. I definitely like, it's definitely a thing that like when you're with a group of friends and you're like bar and, hop, bar hopping or something. And you're really drunk. Well, I, and you're that's, like, that's a little risky. I mean, maybe a beer like, too. Now's the time to start biking. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's when you're in pitch in a, black darkness. Inhibitions are low. You're like, society. Yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. Fine. Um, yeah, so man. you spent time in Copenhagen. Yeah. Okay. So did you get, what of the design did you experience? I guess you went to design week, right? Did you, did you go around to any of the architecture? Yeah. There's, there's some nice museums there. Um, the one thing that was really beautiful was this church that I think the architecture style is romantic mm. style. I can't remember what it's called. Um, maybe I could look it up, but the church is just made of brick. It's, mm. it's all this yellow brick. Um, and it was beautiful. Like mm. the way the arches were, it's all like really minimal. Um, oh, here we go. It's called the Grundvig's Church. And I don't know, just gorgeous. Um, that was probably the best. Shout out Grundvig's. Yeah. So that was probably the, the best kind of design experience outside of design week that I had. Yeah. I think they have a really famous design museum there with a bunch of chairs, but they closed it for COVID and they hadn't opened it up again. Um, mm, all those chairs got COVID, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that was, that was another thing too. You know, I went pretty, I guess it was, it was 2021. So, you know, us was still pretty, you know, COVID safe. Definitely. New oh, I didn't realize that you were traveling there during, yeah. For some reason I thought it was pre pandemic. Um, no, this is, yeah, this is, uh, but the Scandinavian countries were like pretty, pretty like, I yeah. don't know how Denmark yeah. was, but Sweden was like, Hey, here's all the information. Do what you want. <laughs> Do what you want. Well, I think that's also the cultural thing too. It's like they kind of trust each other, yeah. to, you know, stay home if you're sick. Um, yeah. but yeah, when, you know, when you land in Copenhagen, you know, I was like still have wearing mask and like get, get onto the subway and Copen a subway is also a funny thing in Copenhagen. It, it's you know amazing yeah um, and there's just, there's no turnstiles all the all it's just i just imagine it all with like fin jewel chairs like <laughs> just rows and rows of scandinavian hans wagner um wishbone chairs yeah i get on the subway and i'm the only one wearing a mask and i was like oh interesting okay and that was the last time i wore a mask for like two straight months i was like nice um, just walking around Copenhagen in the nude, yeah, in the face nude. I mean, it was a nice, it was a nice break to like not have that mental, you know, right, uh, weight on you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I couldn't figure out the subway system for a while, so I definitely took it illegally because you're supposed to scan your card. Oh, it's like an honor system. Yeah. And every time I scanned my card, it would just flash red and say something in Danish, like, you know. Schnarken, no. <laughs> and I was like, what does this mean? I don't know what it means. I tried, I bought my card. I don't, it's not yeah, working. It means wait here for the police. They're coming. <laughs> and so I just like, oh, okay. And like, you know, people are like looking at me like, like yeah. you're just going to walk away. <laughs> you're not going to pay. Oh, um, man. I finally figured it out eventually. I like, when I met someone, I was like, okay, what is this? What yeah. is it saying? And they're like, oh, you have to do it this way. And you have to like check out. So you check in and check out. Which yeah. I wasn't doing, and that's why I was like getting a red signal. Yeah. Um, huh. But I'll say this. You know, I think my realization with the whole sabbatical thing, you know, just take, you know, the thing is, is I would wake up, I would, you know, just 
make breakfast, make a nice coffee, and then go for a walk around the city usually. Um, you know, just go and visit places and just, you know, take it in. You know, maybe have a nice dinner somewhere just alone. Um, and, you know, a lot of, like, just reflection time. Like, what am I doing with my career? Like, that kind of thing. And at the end of it, I was kind of itching. Mm. I was like, I need, I'm, I'm ready to get back. Yeah. I'm ready to get back into it. Yeah. Um, and the one thing that I realized, like, culturally that I missed about America is we're we're a country of builders and doers, mm-hmm. you know, like everyone grinds here and builds amazing <laughs> things. Um, and you know, maybe, you know, that's maybe not for everyone. You know, a lot of people, like, Copenhagen is an amazing place to like, you know, lay low, have a family, retire. Like you could just like, you know, have the greatest lifestyle ever there. Mm-hmm. But I never really met a lot of people that were like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm building this company. I'm doing this thing. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, and I'm sure there are people there. I'm, you know, it, it's just like culturally it wasn't there, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe that's a pro for some people, others or a mixture. Um, but that was like one thing I kind of missed is like, okay. Like, and you know, it's funny. Like you go to a bar and you meet people and they're like, have like three degrees cause you know, university's free there. And so yeah. people like study for like, you know, five, you know, six years. Um, and you're like, Oh, what do you do? And you're like, Oh, you know, I just work at a coffee shop or something. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, they love, you know, they're, they're enjoying their life. Um, right. But it's like, I don't know. It's just like the American mentality of me, you know, it's like, but what are you going to like build or contribute? Yeah. yeah. Um, huh. I mean, Interesting. Making coffee is a good contribution to society too, but <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Oh, it's my, those are the unsung heroes, yeah. the coffee makers. I, I have this whole thing where I feel like coffee makers or not coffee makers, but like uh, the barista, has really taken the place of like what the old school bartenders used to be of like the confidant. Like I, I have, I try to build good relationships with my baristas, <laughs> like That's know good. them by name, yeah, like yeah. Ha- know a bit about them. Uh, I, I like having that relationship cause yeah, I'm not going to the bar to like have that kind of relationship with the bartender. Right. I will say it's, it's interesting hearing you talk about this because I feel like in a way, some some aspects of LA were kind of like a design sabbatical for right. me. I mean, I've heard that too. Like LA is definitely like, well, there's the saying, right? It's like, uh, you know, leave New York before you get too hard and leave LA before you get too soft, mm. you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like, I just feel like it, like leaving and... I mean, part of the reason, I don't know if I talked about this, but part of the reason that I really wanted to go full time again was I just really was not enjoying freelance. I wasn't enjoying like, even though I was kind of a part of teams, I wasn't like fully invested and I wasn't necessarily always working with people. And There's like, still that barrier and like, like respect and like, oh, well, it's just freelance. Yeah. And there, the I, the great irony of the whole thing was like I wanted to stop working from home, and then like I was forced to work. You know, we were all like then forced to work from home for like the oh, next two years. Yeah, so like, like I was like, I don't, I want to go into an office. <laughs> I'm ready to go back. So like, um, but yeah, I think like I lost. I think I lost a lot of confidence in my abilities. And I think I also kind of lost sight of like, 
I was just constantly like, what is my process? And like, do I have a good process? And am I a good designer? Yeah. Like, and, um, I feel like going back to Peloton and also like getting some distance from things in LA, like kind of made me, I mean, I'm still, you know, it's always the constant struggle of like, when do you put the pen down? Like when, when are things good enough? <laughs> like, and, and I do feel like I've reached that the point where I just like, I try, I try not to like overextend myself and overexert. Like, I feel like I have a more refined process now and I know like how I'm going to arrive at a solution better than I used to. And I also, I feel like I used to like very much overcomplicate things. Yeah. And now I know, now I feel like I have a good process for like how to build from scratch to get to like the rich concept that I would be striving for in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But like the difference is, is that there's like a good workflow up to it rather than just like this constant, like mulling and noodling and then like trying to arrive yeah. at that thing. Like, you know, from the beginning, try to arrive at that profound thing without having done all of like the, like, tr you know, like the basic, like scrappy, like super scrappy work in the beginning. I don't know. Like, I feel like I did that, but I felt like all the time I put so much pressure on myself to be like, okay, with this next thing, I have to figure out the profound thing. <laughs> but like, it really is just like, it's, it is like a marathon and not a race. And like, even your career, just like thinking about how to approach it sustainably, it's just like, okay, just finish this thing and then get to that thing. Yeah. Like finish this thing, then get to that thing. And, uh, instead of just like, Oh my God, I've got to be like, I've got to be the most respected because my ideas just like come out fully formed. And, yeah. you know, like I think that's totally just unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is too, when you, especially like getting a peek into, you know, a, a big name designer's process or like a big studio, you realize like we're all doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's like whether you're working at Apple or you're working for yourself on some no name company, it's like we're all doing the same thing. Yeah. You know? Um, and sometimes things can come to you fully formed. Right. And, but that can give you this impression that like, that's, that's how it's, it should be. Or like, that's what you should wait for. Mm. And sometimes like, you don't have the luxury of waiting for it. And, and actually the way to get to that profound thought is through all the mundane yeah. like work to lead up to it. I mean, I've obviously, so I've been thinking about this a lot cause well, so part of the, the, I guess insight from my sabbatical and something I've been wanting to do for a while now is rebrand. Mm. Um, and not just like a new logo and a new website, but the full on business, like, you know, what is the goal here? You know, I, yeah. and you know, essentially what I want is to move into studio, uh, you know, just have Nicholas Baker studio where I work a lot more on licensing products, um, and less on consulting. You know, I want mm. companies to say, Oh, I want a Nicholas Baker design and not, Oh, I want a designer who can 3d model this thing right. that I need. Um, and so I, you know, I want to be able to design things and I want to, you know, help companies put out like really unique 
and I don't objects that have some emotion and some, you know, I guess style or personal kind of story to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's one of my updates too, is like a big part of this year has been, I took a business class. Uh, yeah. Took a business class, been restructuring the studio. I got a new studio. If you're looking at the yeah, uh, it's video, it's awesome. a nice little spot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, that's been really good. I don't know if we want to talk about that. Um, I took, a, so I signed up for this business course that was like a Zoom call, um, Zoom class with Holly Howard is mm-hmm. her name. And she does, she's amazing. She's a, cre- a business coach for creatives. Cool. So she's worked with a lot of New York furniture designers kind of in the more art scene. Yeah. Um, but a wide range of people. Um, I think like, you know, maybe some names that you may know or maybe our listeners may know is like Eric Trine or Fort Standard or mm. Chen and Kai. Mm. Um, I was in a class with like Areaware, head of Areaware. Oh, wow. Um, and like so- <laughs> Sophie Liu Jacobson. Um, and so like a lot of like more, I guess, you know, name name brand designer designers, I guess, uh, eponymous studio na- name. What do you, what's the word? Eponymous? Shh. Eponym? You know, like when someone's like, I thought they started their... is when they're dead and they're, it's like the, it's like when, when, uh, somebody dies and they release the, like more their music, like it's their eponymous. Maybe. Am I, am I mixing that up? Well, there's a word that when you say, oh, they started a studio under their own name. Oh yeah. It's, uh, eponymous, eponymous. May- it might be eponymous. Maybe <laughs> maybe I'm mixed up. Maybe I just relate everything back to death. <laughs> I don't um, know. So anyways, you know, a lot of that kind of design scene. And she helps a lot of those people. And she also has a really great newsletter. I would suggest everyone, like, sign up for it. Um, I think the, the really neat thing is that she really approaches business kind of from a cultural standpoint. Mm. Um, and less from, like, a profit margin standpoint. Like I think I took like a business class in like high school and it was like, this is what profit means. This is what margin is. <laughs> it's like, all right, this is just like math. I'm sure. Like, it's not helpful at all. Um, but like a big part of this class was, you know, what are your values? What mm. is your mission? What is mm. your vision? And we all have these things like, you know, subconsciously or in us like, Oh, like, you know, we value this or we value that. But you know, just writing those things down, and really considering them and thinking over them and like taking months to like just ponder them and, you know, writing like, oh, you know, your entire history of your life and, you know, pulling the threads of like, you know, throughout, throughout my entire life, this has been the one thread that I value the most. Yeah. Or this has been the one thread that I value. Um, and pulling all those things together has been really helpful to like see like, okay, this is, this is my mission. As yeah. a design studio. Yeah. And how do I build from there? Um, and I hadn't had that before. And so I guess I can say my mission uh, is to design objects that embrace a delightful future. Nice. I think it kind of encompasses all of all the things that I strive for in my practice. Um, and the values that kind of build that up is I have four values. Uh, the first one is Vanguard, which is all about exploring, pioneering, mm. you know, embracing kind of the, the leading edge 
you know, I think about a lot of past designers, whether it was like the Eames with like molded plywood, you know, Dieter Rams uh, with a lot of like acrylic stuff. Um, I mean, Dieter Rams did a lot of really kind of pioneering things for the time. Um, you know, a lot of designers, you know, Johnny Ive, Steve Jobs, they all embraced the latest technology of their mm. time mm-hmm. and used it to their advantage and explored that and brought it to the masses. And that's what made them great is because they, you know, told this story about this new technology in a unique way that could be used for something, you know, really useful. You know, we've had these technologies before, you know, we had touchscreen, we had molded plywood before like the Eames, but these designers brought them and made them approachable. Um, And I don't know, I think that's a big part of what I love to do is like explore those new technologies and how do I bring those to the masses and tell that story. Um, I think a lot of it too is like thinking about my career and what I've done. It's not that I design like innovative objects. I mean, we did do one tech product, Control Labs, um, which was awesome. And that was fun. But it, a lot of the stuff is like the object is like the prop in the story, right? The chair is not the innovative part. It's like the story behind the chair. It's like, oh, the chair exists on the blockchain or, oh, the chair is, was designed in VR. Um, you know, it's all these kind of things. Mm. Um, that's really the value. It's like it gets someone inspired to be like, oh, well, VR, VR could really transform this thing or, you know, be a design tool. Um, so that's that's one value. <laughs> There's the, yeah. I have four. Uh, I guess the next one is distill. That's a pretty important one. Um, you know, just letting design sit, letting your subconscious kind of work on them. Um, you know, I think it's just an important part of the design process to like step away. Um, play. Or was it play? Oh, shoot. I not, not even remember my <laughs> values that I've spent three months uh, thinking about. Uh, I think it's play. Um, this is all about experimentation. You know, just like being in the mode of exploring and learning. It kind of plays off the Vanguard thing. I think Vanguard is more about tech. Um, And then my last one is optimism. I think in order to design a better future, you have to believe in one. Uh, And, you know, I think that's becoming a rare thing nowadays. So I think that's an important thing that's uh, maybe a more unique perspective. So that kind of builds up to my uh, mission of embracing a delightful future. Um, Dope. Yeah. There's That's a lot, cool. there's a lot more to that. Yeah. Uh, especially like structurally in the business, like building out systems of, okay, how do I come up with ideas? How do I pitch ideas? You know, checking back to like, does this concept fit within the values? Right. Um, you know, I think a, a big part of this class too is like understanding that businesses, you know, the difference between like an, uh, a freelancer building a, a business and like a true business is a true business can run without the owner there, right? Like if I stepped away from the studio and it was able to keep running, then that's a true business, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like a freelance career, right? Um, and so setting all those systems in place for, uh, you know, freelancers or employees to kind of take over and be able to kind of produce the same uh, vision and energy, um, these delightful objects yeah. and these, you know, kind of stories about tech and 
innovating. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'm wondering if that's like that idea of being able to step away and for things. I'm not saying this. I, I guess that was an overstatement. Like, sure, you still can have a business if you know as a freelancer, but right. No, I just mean like, is that actually achievable? Because like, so this gets it. This gets it at, at an even deeper yeah. thing, mm-hmm. which is like can the work of an auteur or like somebody who's who's doing something that's like so personal actually be done by anybody but them like overseen by anybody but them yeah like i think i think a lot of where we're seeing like art falter these days and i would say like most like popular art forms especially like movies and television is when you can feel that something has been done by a group of people, Mm. like that there's been a committee. Like we always talk about design by committee versus like, like a person who has to like, they have to steer the ship. Of course they can't do it alone. Right. But like they have sort of like the final say vision. They have the vision. They have the final say like, Mm. so is it even, is that idea of being able to step away, like, I think it's totally feasible when you're talking about, like, oh, could I step away from a factory that's producing my chair? Yeah. Of course, you should be able to. Right. That's like, that's like, no duh. But when it comes to like coming up with the like spark for the for a new a new idea, yeah, like, yeah, is can you <laughs> can you replicate that? Oh, that's good. That's a good critique uh i mean you're right i i would say i think it's not necessarily that i would step away i think it's just this idea about building an efficient system yeah where it's not me working 24 7 sure you know um you're just talking about a more sustainable practice right um you know and obviously like i work 24 7 because i love doing it and like yeah i would just tinker on things even if i didn't you know work um, it's like one and the same to me. Um, so, you know, that, that, you know, that's a lot of the stuff we talked about in class too, is like Holly works with all these creatives that, you know, do what I do where we just like kind of just tinker on stuff. Yeah. We would do the same thing even if we didn't get paid. Um, and yeah, I know she, you know, it's like, you're going to get burnt out if you keep doing that forever. Um, sure. And you know, I guess I kind of felt that with my sabbatical. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know that's it's cool. Yeah. And it's still a work in progress. And you know, ne- it's funny too. Like now that I do have all this underlying structure and meaning, it makes the other things a lot easier. Like, Oh, mm. I can rebrand the website like pretty simply now. It's like, okay, I know what, yeah, what needs to go and what the message needs to be. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like, it feels, it feels like a nice relief too. Cause it's like, I stand for this. Yeah. You know, you can get on board or you don't have to. Yeah. Um, that was another big part of the class too, was like not compromising your values. Like there, yeah. there are plenty of amazing values out there, you know, like I guess like a good example is like sustainability. Like, you know, there were a few people in class that like that was one of their core values. Um, you know, that's not one of my core values. Not like, it's not that I don't believe in it. I think sustainability is obviously an important process uh, and part of design. I think it should be implemented, but you know, you can only pick so many values. Right. You can't focus on all the problems of the world. Right. Yeah. Um, no, it's impossible. 
It it kind of reminds me um, in the, in the last I guess a year ago, um, myself and a couple other members of the Peloton ID team, and there was like kind of a like a a circulation of people through this process, but um, building out uh, the Peloton like industrial design language document, mm. which like. I really believe that like similar to what you're saying about the core values, like having an industrial design language sort of more codified, it actually makes the design process more efficient Yeah, because like you can just say that's, n that's not a part of our IDL. Right. Like we wouldn't pursue this type. Cause like, I think that young like especially young designers and, and I, I probably fall victim to this too, but you can sort of take engineers word as gospel sometimes of like, Oh, we can't yeah. do that. But there's actually like, just like with design, there's like, there's, mul there's multiple engineering solutions. Right. And I love this uh, quote. This is a quote from an economist, Thomas Sowell, but he says, um, there are no solutions. There's only trade-offs. And like, I think about that all the time when I think about different design solutions, because like you do come to the point where you're like, Oh yeah. Like if we do it this way, that means we have to sacrifice this. And if we do it this way, it means we have to sacrifice this. And so it's just like a, like, what are you willing to sacrifice sort of thing? Yeah. And so like, yeah, I think, um, you know, the engineers can come to you and say like, we can do it these ways. And with having an IDL, you can further narrow those things down. You can further Wait, like industrial design language. Got it. Okay. <laughs> with, with having that, you can you can more efficiently make decisions. So you and the engineers can come together and have like a very rich conversation about like what makes sense for the the program, what makes sense for the design, what makes sense for the engineering. Like you can all come to the table with something, and we presented the IDL to the engineers and they were very receptive to it. There's actually a, a funny story. I don't know how much, what, what our time is looking like I, right I now. I think whatever it is, we're going to make this a good episode because okay. we can, I think people haven't listened for two years. Yeah. They can listen to it to our, to our <laughs> podcast. I'm sure. So, um, so yeah, we were, uh, we were about to, we were going to present to the engineers of Peloton, our IDL, and um, uh, at our HQ in um, in Manhattan, there's like there's a floor that has like a cafeteria, but also has a stage area. Oh, okay. and so like there and there's a screen and everything. Like oh. that's where they do their like all hands yeah, and yeah. everything. So you made this an event. Oh, it was an event. Oh, that's, that's and so there were like many many engineers in the office, many more online, like people just watching. Okay. And so we're, we're up there. So like it's myself and, uh, Mark Cruz, who's like longtime designer at Peloton, like OG, like one of, he's a secret ninja, yeah. like one of the best. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he and I are presenting this together. And so like, we're like switching off back and forth. We actually, for some reason, we only have one microphone. And so we're handing it off to each other. Okay. And so like, we get introduced, everything's going fine. We're like, we're taking turns. 
And I think I'm on like my second turn and I'm like, I'm like reading through, I have like a prompter that I'm reading off of and I can feel my throat start to close, like completely close. I have no idea. And I just like water. I like, just, did you need water or are you like having think, an allergic reaction? I think I needed water oh and I God. just completely lost my voice. I didn't have any water. Oh my I like, I'm like standing there with the microphone, not able to say anything. I look over at Mark and he holds up a, a glass and it's like no water oh, left just in like it. A yeah. Half a sip. And so there's like a kitchen off to the side. So I literally run across the stage, hand him the microphone and run off the stage over to the kitchen and like pour myself a glass. I'm like looking back and I see like all these engineers like, what is happening? Thirsty boy. Yeah. And um, I like, I run, I run back over to the stage. Like I've taken a glass of water and I like grab the mic and I like, I don't think I can, I can say the joke that I said because it has to do with like the IDL, like okay. Peloton yeah, principles. Yeah. But like, Basically, like, I like, I'm like, how am I going to come back from this? I make this joke. The entire audience laughs. Yes. Thank God. Amazing. I like, Love and it. like, the head of hardware is like, he like cues up this sound for like the. <laughs> and I. Wait, someone has a sound effect? Yeah. Oh, this is amazing. And I was I just it. like, oh, thank God. <laughs> but the then. It goes wild. Yeah. <laughs> It was like, I have never been so, it was like, it was living a real life nightmare. And, and so like, we're, we're going through, we continue to go through it. And like, on my last slide, I start to feel my throat close up again. And I'm just like pushing through it. And I'm like, and that's what the, Peloton IDL. Like, it was it was so you gotta go to dr james i don't know what's going on (laughs) i think it was just like i think it was a like a nerves thing i think it was a water thing like i don't know what was going on but you always need water when you do talks for sure i do yes definitely word to the wise always have a glass i mean there's a reason why comedians yeah always have a glass or bottle of water on that stool with them on stage it's like very necessary Mm -hmm. so Anyway, total horrific moment, but I I guess I you managed saved it. You made the joke. That's and, all that people And remember. I will say that like afterwards, the the engineers are like, we don't remember almost anything from the presentation except for like what you said when you got back on stage, <laughs> which was like it was a joke about the principal. Right. So they all remember the principles. Nice. So like amazing. It actually like it, it was almost like it was orchestrated for, <laughs> for the engineers to like yeah. pay attention and remember. I mean, it's always good to weave in jokes into presentations. Yeah. But it's, it's so, I mean, it's so hard to like know what's going to land. Yeah. And what's going to be fun. And that, but, I was thinking about this the other day. I forget who I was talking to, but I was like, it'd be really funny to like do a comedy bit about design, mm-hmm. but you can't practice because you, you'd have to practice in front of designers. And how do you do that? Yeah. You know, like normal comedians practice in front of, you know, comedy clubs. Yeah. But there's no like design comedy clubs. You, know? <laughs> like, you, you can't make mean, SolidWorks jokes. And you just, just mean it. like trying out your presentation yeah, yeah, jokes like, yeah, on exactly. an audience of yeah. designers. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. And I, then, oh yeah, when you get like, yeah, if it's like for a client or something, you got NDAs, you can't try out jokes. <laughs> It'd be so good to try out jokes, you know? I know. I feel like, I feel like the, when I'm able to be like my quote unquote funniest, 
like if I'm engaging with a client is like once you're out of the presentation and you're just right. in sort of the conversational yeah. mode, like I don't know how to like <laughs> insert a joke into a presentation and like, and have it land. Yeah. Oh, but, well here I was doing a, I was doing a, a call the other day yeah. um, with Gravity Sketch and a few people there. And I made this joke. I think the question was, is like, do you, when you design things, do you have your prototypes in hand while you're designing? And I was, uh, I'm going to grab the thing right quick. Yeah. So I'm, I've been working on this like little EVA shoe and I was holding this up. And I was like, yeah, of course I have it in hand. And I was like, actually I have it on foot, <laughs> but I couldn't tell if the joke lands cause it's a zoom call. So yeah. it's like everyone's, you know, no one's has the mic on. <laughs> so, you know, it always feels a little weird when you like do the online thing. Oh yeah. Um, 100%. Um, but yeah, no, that was, but like I said, the IDL, like listening to you talking about your values, like, it's, I do think it's really important to have those higher level level values and, and sort of understand, especially at a company like Peloton or any corporate company to understand your, yeah your like design principles, because otherwise you're just like, you're designing in a vacuum and you can design anything. Like right. you need to have some sort of guidance, even, you know, like, even if it's totally arbitrary, I mean, we all know that like, it's much better to create when you have, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Constraints yeah. or constraints. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you say restraints. Yeah. I guess <laughs> when well, you're constraints <laughs> is what I meant. You got it. Close, close enough. Tie me down and give me a pen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And also, you know, if you hire people, you're all aligned. Yeah. It's like, Hey, these are, you know, it's not like you get into a company and you're like, Oh, this is the value. Like this is what you guys value. Yeah. And then it's a misaligned match. And then that's where you get in trouble where like people are like, Oh, I, I don't like working here. Yeah. Um, but when it's upfront, it's like, this is what you're interviewing for. These are my values it's on my website. Like, right. This is what I believe in. This is what the studio believes in. This is what everyone here believes in. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's really just about building that company culture. I mean, there's so many companies that do this so well. Apple is mm. obviously famous for it. Yeah. Um, just having that strong company culture that everyone's here to build these values that Apple believes in. Yeah. Um, and even if you're just solo, it's still important, you know? Um, Agreed. So yeah, that's a been kind of a big thing. I mean, it's a lot of work. I know it's like, it sounds very like simple, but it's just like a lot of thinking and reflection. Um, and I'm excited for it. I mean, it's going to be like my step into the kind of licensing side of design. Um, and obviously that side of design is very hard, uh, but I'm, it's something that I've always wanted to do. It's something that I've strived for since I left my full-time job. I've always wanted to get royalties and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, I've started, a, you know, I've been striving for that for a long time and I have a few projects out now that are, uh, bringing some royalties. Um, and I launched a few projects this year, which I, I guess we mentioned, um, worked on a wallpaper project yeah that was cool uh that was kind of a new one that was a fun one because this one was kind of connected to quote-unquote like metaverse stuff um it's this new startup in london or england called bobby beck they do print on demand wallpaper and they wanted to kind of explore like what are the connections with you know web3 what can we do here um and you know they they saw that hey i'm a designer and i'm also interested in this stuff um so they kind of reached out 
and you know, I think they put one of my virtual reality chairs in some of their scenes, and then I was like, oh, I'd love to do a wallpaper design. Um, you know, just to like try something new. I haven't done 2D in a long time. Yeah. Uh, and so my concept was, I wanted to do spirograph wallpaper mm. and make my own spirographs. Yeah. So I 3D printed a bunch of like spirograph gears, and made a, made a bunch of designs and explored different like kind of line work and. I think it turned out nice. I'm There's nothing more fun than a spirograph. Yeah. I almost like did it just because it was fun. It was like, yeah. this is just fun. No, yeah. I mean that from what you were talking about with your brand values, like right. that's like has a perfect aspect. encapsulation of right. what you were talking about. And the, you know, Vanguard, they're like, we made NFTs of the spirographs. Um, and, you know, they're obviously a startup with print on demand and stuff. Um, yeah. It, it definitely encapsulated a lot of those things. And it still had that little physical touch, like physical spirographs. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I kind of pulled it all all back in to to ID two. Um, and then the other project that I'm super excited about is my first sofa collection, and technically, I guess my first production chair. Heck yeah. Um, this actually launched this month. I haven't announced it yet, just because I want to get. Uh, I'm kind of working with uh, Derek Elliott. And we might do some renders, some animations, some Dope. kind of more promotional stuff. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. I'm excited for that. Um, and, you know, Derek does amazing work. Yeah. Uh, did all the Control Lab stuff. And of course, does all of his, all of his fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And you were, you, you guys did the helicopter. Oh, the, come on, the helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Um, Glory days. So that's exciting. And, uh, you know, maybe I teased a few photos here and there. I archived my whole Instagram. That was another thing. Part of, my, yeah. part of my rebrand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I want to, I actually want to build kind of an archive on my website, my new website, hmm. instead of on Instagram, just mm-hmm. so I have more control over it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll see. Maybe we'll talk about the sofa next podcast. Yeah. Or whenever, whenever, whenever the, the things announced are ready. Yeah. But it was, for a Polish, it was for a Polish company. I yeah, don't think I mentioned that. Um, and I, I went over to Poland beginning of the year, too, to visit the factory. That was a really awesome trip just to see, like, fabric and wood and, you know, uh, foam roll in one door and then full sofas roll out the other. Insane. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I've obviously been to injection molding factories. You know, we, right. had, we had one in Texas for dog toys. Um, you know, I've been to, like, small little, like, things here or there, but seeing something that large and that kind of efficient yeah, is wild to see. Totally. And yeah. And Poland's a, a pretty interesting country to visit too, because it's definitely more on the, the Eastern side of Europe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see what, I mean, we're, we're probably about an hour in, I think we can keep going. I think we should maybe just catch up on, I don't know what, some news. Should we catch up on some deny, d- deny news, sure. design news? Um, <laughs> let's see we have uh this little guy sitting here this is the play date by uh yeah panic well that's yours i'm still waiting on my pre-order yeah this I, is this is designed by teenage engineering in collaboration with panic or vice versa panic collaboration with teenage yeah. engineering um it is a game boy essentially <laughs> yeah. it's a little video game thing with a crank on it and I got to tell you, man, it's just this nice thing. 
It's just yeah. like a nice little square. We love yeah. a good square, a filleted square. Yeah. I mean, teenage engineering, I feel like has, have really gotten themselves in like the middle of the entire conversation about industrial design now. Yeah. Cause like they're doing like the innovative stuff. now. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just so interesting because yeah, I mean, they started out with the, with like the sat, like the music equipment, right? but they've started like doing a lot of collaboration mm -hmm. with other brands. Um, you know, obviously this is with panic. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's like the nothing stuff, the right. earbuds and the phone. Wait, what's it called? Isn't it nothing? Nothing. No, I'm just messing. I'm just <laughs> making a, a, a nothing joke. There's probably oh. been a gazillion nothing jokes been made. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, I mean that that stuff. Yeah, the clear because the the unique thing about that was the yeah the, everything's clear clear yeah. plastic. Which I gotta say, we called it. We did it before they did it. Uh, we. Uh, I think you were you were onto it before I was, but I was totally ready to embrace it yeah. because like. I would say like one of the things that first got me interested in industrial design was like the, the, like the generation of Apple stuff with like the colorful IMAX and yeah. the game boy, clear game boys. Yeah. Like yeah. all that clear stuff. Yeah. Um, so I was all about it when you were like, yeah. let's bring it back. Yeah. So, cause I think there were a few companies that were experimenting with it. Like Xbox didn't Xbox have like, well, that was when some it, controllers that were oh, like yeah, the new of, ones. Yeah. I mean, obviously Xbox did some stuff way back in the day yeah. back with like the game boy. Yeah. But they did, you know, what was it? 2019 come out with that clear controller or something. And we were like, Oh, this is nicely designed. Yeah. Um, but teenage engineering, they yeah. have, or, you know, with the nothing they did, the that clear back to the phone, yeah. which like makes it, it's like, it looks like a movie prop. Like yeah. it looks it's like, like a movie prop from the future. And I mean, like, I think people, some people probably think it's like gimmicky, yeah. but I do love the like led system of like notifications and like the custom, like ringtones that they've, they've worked on. And yeah. I guess that's a good viewpoint of it. I mean, I would, I would agree that it is kind of a stylistic, uh, risk. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I respect it because it is a risk, like, right. you know, respect for anyone that make, you know, puts the money on the table and makes a risk like that. Um, but it does, it did have some usefulness with, with like, kind of like showing off the key charger and the led system. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I'm not yeah. like the thing, the problem is, is like, you know, Apple just has the, the monopoly on phones or at least yeah. in America. And it's right. going to be so hard for a new company like that to break in yeah i feel like we've talked about it before but i feel like whatever company knocks apple off of its perch is going to be whatever comes after the phone like because yeah, like VR. we're not always going to be ar and vr yeah i mean like the phone the phone is going to be an object of a certain time period at right. some point yeah and and so Neuralink. because <laughs> like rarely do you see a company like apple like ever pivot into like the new technology and master it in, in a way that like some company is going to come along and it might, might not even be any of the companies that we think like, and come along and launch the thing that's like, Oh wow. Of course this is the right. next way that we're going to communicate. Um, and that's, I mean, that's what I, that's what I love about like, 
business and tech is just like it's it, it's so unpredictable yeah um in that way of right. like a company could start you know could have started a year ago and in like a couple of years be like the dominant yeah. tech company because they figured out something that nobody else could figure out because they're so zoomed in on like perfecting what they're doing right and in their certain lane because like you know with the latest apple releases like there's nothing totally dramatically new right. it's like yeah. the upgraded cameras yeah it makes me miss steve man uh and then the um the new watch they did get rid of the notch they did we got a I pill know. now i know thank or an you. island thank you an island the dynamic island yeah yeah uh, which is cool. Like it's, I, I like what they're doing. I think Apple, I don't remember when it happened, which OS, but I feel like a couple OSs ago, like they really kind of upped their UI game. Cause for a while the UI was just like, eh, whatever. But I feel like it's a lot more playful now or like within the past couple of years than mm. it was before. More animations. Like, yeah, more animations. Like I, I remember Cause I feel like the volume, even the volume, like for a while, I don't remember anything coming up telling you like, yeah. Oh, you're changing the volume. But now it's like this, this like cute little am- animation. Okay. And well, James, this is an ID podcast. Don't, <laughs> don't get too carried away here. Listen, Can't um, give the UX there's more, no, more but, uh, merit than they get. They get plenty of money. We don't get any money. I know. I know for as much as they get paid, they should be making good, I'm the just, good stuff. I'm just messing. But, we, lo- um, we love you UXers. But yeah, I mean, the dynamic island is an interesting marriage of like, of UI and ID. Yeah. Um, it was nicely done. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm due for an upgrade. I think you're due for an upgrade too. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be our next one. We skipped. We skipped. I don't, we only had one notch. <laughs> Thank goodness. I know. I know. I've been a. I've. I mean, I have a phone with a notch begrudgingly. Yeah. I know you were like considering switching to Android just because the notch. Remember that? I well, yeah, maybe because of the. Because, like, well, Samsung and Google, didn't they both they have embrace the whole punch? Yeah. But, yeah, like, the Dynamic Island is, like, taking it a step further, which is, like, now the the Dynamic Island is, like, this expanding and yeah. contracting thing that exposes blob. things about the UI. Um, I think it's just, like, a nice touch. But it also just, it like, it's a nice touch working within that constraint. Um, and then the new watch... I feel like what do you what are your thoughts on the new watch? Um, you know, when I first saw it, I was like, "This is it feels like a risky design for Apple," which is yeah. like not a risky design at all. But right. it's like, oh wow, they stepped it on a limb here for once in a long time. Yeah. Um, to me, it actually feels a little new to me. It has okay. a little Mark Newson like flair to it. I mean, Mark Newson did work on the original watch, right? Yeah. Um, um, I don't know if he touched this one or not, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting because like, I think, cause I know Johnny's gone now. Right. I think what they were trying to get across was like this almost like, I feel like it's, it's like luxury utility. Yeah. And I feel like I've, you see these kind of like weird luxury watches on the market. Um, you know what it kind of reminds me of? What's that? It reminds me of when an industrial designer designs a toolkit. Because <laughs> because it's like always a hammer and a screwdriver, and so they're like industrial things, so they have like an industrial flair to them, but they're yeah. always smoothed out. Mm. That's what it kind of reminds me of. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's very if Apple designed a drill or a saw. Right, it's very like it is very rugged luxury or something. 
And and even the fact that they have like a like a color like an orange button on yeah. the side is like I mean that's something that that Google has been doing with their phones like having those like mint green buttons yeah. and like you know the orange is I feel like a nod to Johnny that's his favorite oh color. yeah yeah that's his favorite color mm-hmm. orange I think, I think I read that somewhere because hmm. they put the or- they've had the orange on the iPhone yeah forever and I think it's still there it's on the silent button interesting from the very beginning yeah that makes sense. It, it makes me think of, I, I met, um, I think it was like my senior year of college. We had this guy who was a designer. Oh my gosh. I'm going to forget his name. It's Chuck something. I, I feel so badly. He like, he designed the first Viewmaster, and like, he's, he's got like a ton of work from what is the Viewmaster? Is the a, Viewmaster is like, you remember those, the those toy. like the toys. The yeah. Red with toy the toy with the disc. Okay. And it just, it showed you stills, photos, right? Yeah. Or did it show you 3D? It showed you 3D. Uh, I think it, it was could. just, I, I mean, maybe later versions of it, but I think originally it was just like transparencies okay. on a disc. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to look up his name because I feel really bad, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure his first name is Chuck, but he, I remember talking to him afterward. I was working on a thesis that was like the standing desk for kids, and I was like, like, can you give me any tips? Like, right. you know, having done like kids products. And he was like, he told me he was like the most gender neutral color is yellow. And like, I, I made my desk yellow, yellow in the end as nice. like a nod to that advice because, because yeah, I mean, I think yellow is sort of like it's this, a playful color. Yeah. I like yellow. It's actually like, it's kind of my brand color. Like my business card is yellow. My old business card. My yeah. my website has a yellow like link to it. Yeah, um, I'm gonna look up this guy's name really quick. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I um, I've never been an Apple Watch guy. I've always been just a normal watch guy. Yeah. I mean, I've had Apple Watches in the past, but I just couldn't get into them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's so many other products that we that launched in the past two years that we missed. Uh, Chuck Harrison. Chuck Harrison. Yeah. Um, is, uh, yeah, he's, he's designed like tons of stuff that, you know, from like, from like a certain era okay. of, of design, sort of like, I think sort of like seventies, eighties design. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, that's yeah. cool. So, well, I think, the one object that I'm excited for that's coming out is mm. the new Meta headset, mm. the new VR headset. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I've been using my headset for like three years now, or sorry, maybe even longer, four years, five years. And yeah, it's get, it feels pretty pretty outdated now. Yeah. I'm so ready for that new thing. Kind of clunky. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what we'll see what the Zuck does. I, has there been any leaks or anything? Of yeah, it? He's, he's teased it. There's, there, a, there's like, a few leaks. There's like design leaks. Yeah, I mean, it looks more like it looks more like ski goggles. Oh. It's it's it looks much lighter. There's a nose cut out because it's much thinner in the front, mm. um, and apparently they have the new pancake lens system. So you know they gotta get rid of that bulk up front. I'm sure they have you know new sensors and new everything in it. Where are they putting all the maple syrup? <laughs> what <laughs> maple syrup yeah you have pancake lenses oh my gosh <laughs> come on i'm a dad we, I now think we Nick. Just, i think we just lost a bunch no. of listeners right there. come on we gained like twenty thousand. 
Oh man, I didn't even get that joke. That's a good joke though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, you know the big thing, at least for me, is the mixed reality. I do a lot of that now, where I uh, flip on the cameras so that I can see the thing I'm designing in scale in the studio, mm. um, and then even like you know build a little like mock chair or like just get one of my chairs that I'm sitting around here, and like be able to sit in a th- in a chair that I. S- gravity sketch yeah yeah i mean it's not actually feel like it but it's like it gives you the the vibe of it um you know that's a big thing that's cool yeah yeah i'm excited for that um yeah i don't know i mean i i'm sure we missed a ton of stuff i mean it's been two years but yeah you know i think depending on you know the future of where we are in our careers i think we're gonna try to do a podcast maybe more regularly i don't know yeah now that i'm kind of finishing up my rebrand I feel like now I can integrate the podcast back in yeah. to the business and like it feels like I can, I'm much more, uh, it feels like it has more meaning now. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's always had meaning, but yeah. it's always just like we, we've always done it cause it's just like fun to hang out and chat right. about design. Um, and I think, I don't know, I would like to rebrand the podcast a little bit, keep the same name, but just like update the graphics a little bit and yeah, yeah. make it more cohesive. Yeah. Um, but I think we should also, right before we go, I think we should mention and shout out like the big meetup that we had. Oh, that was fun. Like, I think, I mean, that was a huge catalyst for getting us back into the studio because we had like, I mean, it was like 50 people that showed up Yeah, in in New York. That's crazy. I could not, I like almost cried. I thought it was going to be like like, 10. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. And I think some people like, I think it was like some students who had invited their classmates, like. So, I mean, not everybody there had intimate knowledge of the podcast, but like, but it's still, it was like, it was, you know, a sizable turnout and felt just like, I don't know, it just felt great and, and like really appreciate everybody who came out and like, yeah, I I feel like without that meetup, I don't know that we would be back here. Yeah. You know, it definitely motivated us to like, oh, you know, people miss it, you know? Yeah. So... That was a lot of fun. Yeah, maybe we'll do another one at some point in a six months or a year. Yeah. Um, they're always fun or to do. Or qu- quarterly. Quarterly, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool, man. I don't yeah. know how long this podcast went. Maybe an hour 15, who knows, but uh, I'm sure everyone enjoys it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as always, I'm Nick. I'm James. Peace out. Later.